Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. We're busy with a series called Overcoming. Overcoming. And what we are doing is we're looking at how to overcome stress, fear and anxiety. Stress, fear and anxiety. And I know about you, but... Uh, there's a bit of that out there, isn't it? <laughs> there's a bit of fear, there's a bit of stress and anxiety. And uh, my sister is a medical doctor, and she's actually working today. And um, she said, like, she sp- spoke about, like, another pandemic. And it's a pandemic of mental health, mental illness, no matter what you, what you want to call it. But really, that is just a symptom. And I really believe that the, the root cause is fear. It's fear, stress, and anxiety. And, uh, like, we know and from, a, from a biological or physiological perspective what that means and like as soon as you're under stress and fear and anxiety your your immune system starts taking shots you you don't feel nice you don't feel like the love of god <laughs> you probably also don't look like the love of god do you but uh, you still have the love of god that's the good news and we've been really going on um this is part four now part one was just about like what is fear stress and anxiety or how we can come over it part two was about true peace uh, really the peace that God, that Jesus left. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. And then uh, last week we really looked. Um, uh, I, I must be careful if I don't have this in my notes because then I start quoting it as if I remember it. <laughs> we looked at uh, contentment. That was uh, another one. And then we also looked at um, the real definition of comfort, which we looked at last week. And that was really an awesome message for me and myself. Uh, just the, how God gives us true comfort. And it says God is the God of all comfort. So really, if you think about that, you cannot get any comfort outside of God, any true comfort. You can get fake comfort. Um, you can, like, uh, popcorn and, uh, and, and, and chocolates is fake comfort, amen? <laughs> but sometimes it's good. Um, and uh, I want to just, today, talk about rest. Talk about rest. It's almost like a swear word, huh? like in our culture. And I don't know why, but it's always around this time of the year that I feel late to speak about rest. Maybe it's because I'm tired at this time of the year. But um, I really, really, really have such a conviction to talk about this. And I'm talking a lot without getting to my notes. But yesterday, um, Natasha and, and, and Jordan and I, is it the, if we switch this off, is, will it help or not? Okay, it's off. See, I, don't, I shouldn't get involved in the technicalities. Um, we went for a drive up Franschuk Pass um, to go look at the snow. And uh, it, was, it was beautiful. And it was just, it was an awesome time. Um, and we didn't have to go far. That's, that's another awesome part. Um, but as we come down, I'm like, Lord, we, I'm, I'm very optimistic. <laughs> My wife will, will, will agree to that. Like, I always want, I expect that we're going to go up there and it's going to be snowman and it's going to be like just, I mean, I've got my gloves, I've got my hoodie, I've got my scarves, I'm ready. And we get there, and unless you really get out of the car and go up Montrachal, you're not really going to get that. And with a nine-month-old baby, it's not really on the cards, is it? So, um, so I'm, I'm loving it, but I'm a little bit disappointed. Like, it's just, it's just not there. And I just see, hey, God, like, we want to just not, I don't want to go home yet. <laughs> I want a little bit more. And we come down the pass, and I just sort of in my heart, I'm open to the Holy Spirit to just lead me. And... Um, and we, I take a right turn, and I take another right turn, and I don't know where even in Franschuk this is, but 
it's like and it's not the old trend no it's like it's but it's just we parked there and we were looking for somewhere where we could just have lunch and look at the mountain that's now full of snow and i just parked there and it is the serene place it is like little streams and bridges and like you don't even have to pay entrance it's just it's amazing and you can see the mountains and we just there's no one else there almost a few old people with their dogs and so they don't want to bother you and we have our snacks whatever and and I go sit there on a on a bridge and I, the the water literally flows like underneath me and I like the words just come to mind he leads us to waters of rest i lay on the waters for our rest i was like wow this is such a godly moment this is this is holy this is surreal this is this is god because he literally led us to that stream he led us to that place and just just to say hey my child enjoy it yeah you can be out on the mission field and yes you can do this and yes you could have been somewhere else but he led me here that was sort of me my dad he led me here to this place and then psalm 23 came to mind like he leads us to waters of rest i was like wow and it's like that that psalm like I've, I've taught it, I've read it, I've meditated on it, but it just came so real. It became so tangible to me. And um, we're going to get there, but let's start at Romans 8. Romans 8.32. And uh, I'm going to start off in the Passion Translation. It says, For God has proved His love by giving us His greatest treasure, the gift of His Son. And since God freely offered Him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. I love how the Passion Translation puts that. I think the King James or New King James says, won't he with him freely also give us all things? And uh, you can check me behind my, uh, my head. But um, if he's given you Jesus, why do we have this mentality that he's holding back on something else? It's absurd. If he's given you his son, if he's given you the eternal gift, if he's given you the best, why won't he not with him also freely give you all things? The, the passion here says, withhold from us anything else he has to give. And what we then want to do is we want to turn God's arm and we want to work for it and we want to fast for it and we want to pray for it and we want to tithe for it and we want to whatever for it, confess for it and faith for it and believe for it. But it's yours. Like it's such an oxymoron because it says, if he's given you the best, won't he also give you all things? It goes on and it says, verse 33, Who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his? Who would dare to accuse us? God himself is the judge who has issued his final verdict over them, and that verdict is not guilty. It's done. So I don't know about you, but true rest needs to be eternal. If your eternity is okay, <laughs> if it's done, if it's sorted, if it is signed off, sealed, delivered, why then, what then, do you have to worry about? The opposite also is true. If you live a great life now, but your eternity is uncertain, then obviously you've got, you, you won't have rest. You're going to have, you're going to need sleeping pills and tablets and whatever else substances people use and like if you use any of that i mean there's no condemnation but i want to just show you that if jesus is is, is, is yours then everything else is also yours <laughs> god's going to give you good sleep amen if god gave you jesus won't he freely with him also give you good sleep whatever what do you want to fill in there 
If God gave you Jesus, won't he also freely give you mental health, physical health, provision, everything you need, everything in life and godliness is ours. Won't he freely also give you these things? Verse 35 says, Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. Can I read that again? Nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. We're looking at rest. We're looking at overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. And I'm telling you from the word here that nothing, no trouble, no pressure, no problem, is able to come between you and God's love for you. This, this should be, you should feel like the weight's being pulled off you this morning. You should leave lighter. Amen? It says, what about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No. <laughs> no. For they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. They are impotent to hinder omnipotent love. So, ask ourselves, why are we then worried? Why are we fearful? Why are we stressed? Why are we anxious? It's when we get into the physical realm, into the fleshly, into the here and now, that things don't line up. But we should live not from this place, but for this place. We should live an inside-out life, living from Jesus with the inside of us, the Holy Spirit empowering us, and then not being troubled, even amidst troubles. Like Shane likes to say this, he says, we don't live the trouble-free life, we live the troubled-free life. Yes, troubles come. Yes, problems come. Yes, pressures come. Yes, persecution comes. But we are not troubled by them. Isaiah 41, 10, verse, uh, yeah, 41 verse 10. Do not yield to fear, for I am always near. If you wanted to get a tattoo, that's a good one. <laughs> a fridge magnet or a background. Do not yield to fear, because God is always near. Never turn your gaze from me. You see, that's the problem. What are we looking at? What are we beholding? For I am your faithful God. I will infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. Which situation will he not help you in? No, he will help you in every situation. I will hold you firmly with my victorious right hand. Isaiah 61 is one we know. So let's go there. And we know from Luke 4.18, Jesus quotes a piece of Isaiah 61. And he says, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. But... Jesus also says to his disciples, there's many other things I wanted to tell you, but you're not ready to hear them now. So we cannot just limit our understanding of Jesus to the four Gospels. Okay, that's a totally different topic that I'm just dipping my toe in right now. If Jesus said, there's many other things I wanted to tell you, but you are not ready for them. When are we ready for them? He said, while when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you, guide you into all truth, into the true reality of who you are. So as soon as the Holy Spirit then comes, now all of a sudden, it's as if we opened a new chapter. And this is what life is about. So we need to sort of obviously go through the Gospels, get what we can. But remember that Jesus lived under the, before the cross, he lived under the law. He lived in the flesh. Then he, he, he dies as a man and he's raised, raised as the son, not of man, but the son of God. And then things happen. And there's only 40 days, but we have the rest of the New Testament, as we know it, that explains to us what has now happened, what is now ours. So, back to Isaiah 61. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, 
I mean, you can use this verse to get up in the morning <laughs> because you have the same spirit that Jesus had. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Just meditate on that for a moment. Why am I fearful? Why am I stressed? Why am I worried? Why am I tired? If the spirit of God Almighty is upon me. Yeah, but this, is what Je- this was about Jesus. Yes, it was, but Jesus said, you'll do the same things that I did and greater things. Jesus said, it's better if I go away. For if I go away, what's going to happen? I'm going to send someone. I'm going to send the Spirit. The same Spirit. There's only one Spirit. For God is one. Ephesians 4. One Spirit, one baptism. Many other one things there. One day we'll get there. Okay. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. Verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you have a spirit of heaviness, I want to tell you, you're not living to your full potential. You're not living for everything that, you're not living with everything that God has given you. Because He has given you a garment of praise. That's what it is. You need to have your dancing shoes on. Amen? Your Sunday shoes is your dancing shoes and then dance throughout the week. (laughs) Don't stop dancing with Jesus. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that He might be glorified. And I think on Friday night in a church planting conference, they spoke about what is the planting of the Lord? And if it's not the gospel, then it's not a planting of the Lord. It might be a gathering, might look like a church building, but if it's not the gospel that is shared, it's not a church. Because it's not the body of Christ, because it's not produced after His kind. But if we share the gospel, if the church is birthed because of the good news, then we have a garment of praise. Then we are called the trees of righteousness. Listen to the Living Bible, verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel, He will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, Praise instead of heaviness. Now, I really want you to let go this morning. (laughs) I want you to let go of heaviness. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside everything that slows you down, the ERV says of Hebrews 12. Lay aside everything that slows you down. He's given you a praise instead of heaviness. For God has planted them like strong and graceful oaks. I just love that. And for me, it was prophetic of where we live. Akerstad. Strong and graceful oaks. I don't know about you, but you can see that spring is in the air. It doesn't feel like it when you look at the thermometer or you look to the mountains. But we know August is often a time when we get good snow. But you can look at the trees and you'll see the green blooming leaves. And I just feel it's prophetic for us as well. Like, let's let go of the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of fear, the spirit of anxiety. And let's not have, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, of a sound mind. You are planted, not by yourself. God has planted. God has planted you like strong and graceful oaks. Strong, graceful. Why are you stressed? Why are you worried when you plant it? Well, if you're not planted, then you have all the reason to, to be those things. But if you are planted, you are strong, you are graceful, you are well-fed for His own glory. Now, if we talk about rest this morning, true rest, 
it's not about how many hours you sleep. Lucas, it's not about how many hours you sleep. Lucas knows. <laughs> um, we had a good week. I, told, I think I told Paul on Friday, I said, uh, no, I didn't tell you. I told someone else. It's like, yeah, we had a good, a good week. We only got up like once or twice a night for the last week. Amen. Praise God. Let's speak into that. And uh, you could all say amen and agree. And um, I said, I, I love my life again. <laughs> when you don't sleep, you feel like a zombie. And the thing is, you don't, you don't know really until you, like there was two, three weeks ago, just before we left for the funeral, where we didn't sleep. We were awake every hour. And you, you feel bad, but you don't realize how bad you feel until you sleep. And then you feel so much better. <laughs> and you're like, wow, yesterday was really bad, actually. Now, I, I, I didn't feel good, but now I know what I missed out on. Monique will also know. <laughs> Everyone with kids said amen. Um, if you're a student, it's different than partying all night. It's, it's very different. <laughs> it's not by choice. That's the difference. Okay. But verse, Hebrews 4 verse 1 says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation for the next bit, says, God's promise of entering His rest still stands. God's promise of entering His rest still stands. It's a promise. So if it's good enough for God to make a promise about it, it surely should be good enough for us to step into it. I'm going to say that again. If God, it's good enough, it's important enough for God to make a promise about rest, then it's important enough for us to pursue it. Now, I'm not talking about passivity. Okay? Paul says, I labor more abundantly than you all, yet not I, but the grace of God which is in me. Jesus wasn't moved by guilt, fear, and oppression. Jesus was moved by compassion. By love for people. And that's really also church planning conference came out so much as love, love on people. The God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. This is the only time in the New Testament that it talks about you should fear. And the only thing you should fear is that you're going to miss out on the rest. Again, it, it just it, it, it sort of aggravates the importance of this. We ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. The only thing that you need to fear is the fact that we could be missing out on the eternal supernatural rest of God. Verse 2, For this good news that God has prepared his, this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did not them, do them good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Verse 3, For only we who believe can enter his rest. I don't know about you, but it's, we are really this unfair advantage. Yeah? The God of all comfort. So without God, you cannot have all comfort. That was last week. Jesus' kind of peace, not as the world gives. So without Jesus, you can't have his kind of peace. Now we come and we're looking at rest and it says that only we who believe can enter this rest. Meaning everyone who doesn't believe can't be at rest. That should give you some sympathy the next time you encounter an atheist or a, a Muslim or, or like just someone bad, <laughs> someone that wants to attack you. They're not at rest. So see it from that place. And rather than inviting them to your right view of life, why don't you invite them into true rest, into perfect peace, into complete love, into the, the, the all-comforting God? All of a sudden, this Christian thing sounds like we can have, we've got some marketing material, doesn't it? Oh, and guess what? Your sins. <laughs> it's a big one. Because if you don't share the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection and the payment for their sins, they can never get born again. 
They can pray a prayer, they can say a confession, they can never get born again without the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, which is the gospel message about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So the next time you ask someone, are you born again? And they say, yes. Say to them, how do you know? Tell me how. When did it happen? And if you're sitting here today and you're not so sure, then we'll give you an opportunity. This is such an astounding promise, such an advantage that we as believers have. As for the others, God said, In my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. That blows my mind, okay? We're not going to go there right now, but this, this God's always been about rest. Verse 4, We know it is ready because of the place in the Scriptures that, where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day God rested from all his work. Rest has always been part of God's plan. God is at rest. God is, is, is not running around like a headless chicken. Since the beginning, since the genesis of creation, God had rest as part of His makeup, as part of His plan. Yet we think in our modern world that if we don't rest, we are we're more important. Or rise and grind. Or hustle. Hustle, hustle. I think your, your level of coffee consumption sort of... Um, I mustn't speak for myself, should I? But uh, <laughs> sometimes I have a decaf, okay? <laughs> Let's look at verse 7. So God set another time for entering His rest, and that time is today. Speaking about Genesis, but then He speaks about the true rest which is eternal, which is supernatural, which is spiritual. And that time is today. So what are you waiting for? When are we going to have enough? When are we going to say enough? When are we going to be done? When are we we're going to put down our laptops, our devices? Our, when are we going to prioritize what God prioritizes? When are we going to step into His rest? When you have enough leave days, when you have enough money, when you... Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can enter into His rest. God announced this to David much later in the world. The words already quoted. Today when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. And this is a warning for us. Today God says, hey my child, I want you to be at rest. I want you to operate from rest. I want you to be well rested. And again, it's got nothing to do with, not nothing, but got little to do with the amount of hours you sleep. And you can sleep and sweat in anxiety and wake up tired. Or you can have a few hours of sweet peace with Jesus. And Jesus prayed all night. And the next day he continued. He didn't tell anyone in the scriptures that I'm tired. He did say, hey, you've got, I've got meat no one knows about. Which was giving, which was ministering, which was pouring from the well. You see, we all have a well inside of us. And as soon as we start drawing from that well to serve others, there's water for us. As soon as we start serving cups of water, living water, we're going to get wet with that water. And maybe someone next to you is going to get wet and maybe they're going to complain a little bit, but guess what? They're going to enjoy the water. Just offer them the cup. <laughs> Why are you always so excited? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Hey, I want what you're on. Let me give you Jesus. Let me give you the Spirit. Let me tell you about how much He loves us. Verse 8. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. Now look at the concept. So He speaks about rest from the start of the world. Then he goes into rest in Genesis, day 7. Then he speaks about David, who spoke about this rest, which was prophetic of the promised land. Now he's on to Joshua, and he says, hey, if Joshua gave them the true rest, if the true rest was the promised land, then why are we still speaking about it? 
So all of a sudden, he's drawing this line from before the world began, Genesis, to, to the Psalms, and now to Joshua. And they say, hey, still not it. You can read on. This is Hebrews 4. Hebrews 11 speaks about the, 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 um, the hall of faith and all these faith heroes. And he says, and they did not receive the fullness of the promise. Because without you, they couldn't step into it. Why? Because now you have the Christ, the Spirit of God, living on the inside of you. We live in the latter days, the latter reign. Now, if God, Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. Verse 9, this is important. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. A special rest, just like we have a special comfort, a special peace, because of a God that loves us with a special kind of love, everlasting, unending, superabounding. You see, love is not just like Valentine's Day with God. Okay? Think about a marriage. Think about that relationship where, where there's a home. There's comfort. There's love. There's provision. Like a family. There's a place of safety. There's a place of rest. Like if, if there's a noise in, outside or at a gate or at a window, Jordan doesn't get up. Please, God, don't. <laughs> I have to get up. Why? Because I'm the father of the house. Yet we know God is our Father and we pray, God our Father, but then we want to get up. And we want to sort it out and we want to hustle and grind and we want to rise and we want to, we want to make it work and we want to sweat. And, and Jesus sweated blood and drops of sweat of, like in the garden already. We don't have to. It's part of the redemptive work of Christ. Yes, by the sweat of your brow was spoken to Adam, but we don't live according to first Adam. We live according to second Adam, Romans 5. In the much more side of life. Fullness of rest, fullness of peace, fullness of joy. Hebrews 4.10 For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So, verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Now, if you ever wanted an oxymoron in the Bible, there you have it. Work to rest. And oh, don't we know that principle? We earn a weekend. We build, we accumulate. That's, that's the nice word. Your leave days. You can't go and leave yet. You don't have enough days. Okay? It's not what this says. This says, make haste. Be diligent. Not to miss out on the rest. Remember the word fear? Fear that you miss out? It's not fear like, ah then you're going to miss out anyways. But it's like, take it, take, make diligence to enter into that rest. Why come to the end of your life much sooner than God planned for you? Because you didn't experience the fullness of His rest. And it's from that place of rest that you're going to be so much more effective. So much more. And I know it's difficult. I mean, I always preach to myself first. Where do you think these things come from? <laughs> I know it's difficult. But I've also tasted it when it works. And Lord, I've got this many things to do and I, need to, I still need to prep that and prep this. And now, and then sometimes I just close my books and I close my laptop and I go lie in bed. And I get the most amazing revelations. Things I could never get by myself. And you know what? God makes me look good. But it's when I rest 
that I'm ready to receive. It's when I'm at rest, when I put down the shovel or the pen or the, where I'm ready to, to experience. And then we come to scriptures like Psalm 23 that says, God is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and then send me in the right direction. That's the message translation, verse 1, 2, and 3. You let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. See, the thing is, we can run so hard that we miss out on God's direction. Abraham, think about getting a word from God and running with it. That's a good thing, isn't it? What did Abraham do? He got a word from God to do what? To sacrifice Isaac. If he put down his head and just went about working and pleasing God and doing what God said and never kept on listening, we might have had another miracle of a raising of the dead. Yes, he had faith that God could raise him from the dead. That's why he went about it. But he was still in relationship with God, listening. His ears were open when God said, stop, wait. There's another provision. There's another offering. You see, with God, it's not so much about the destination. It's about the journey. That's the word we had in our pre-service meeting again this morning. It's about, yes, Lord, I am listening. Yes, Lord, I am willing. Yes, Lord, I am working. But when God says rest, rest. When God says wait, wait. When God says stop, stop. When God says go, go. When God says do, do. If God doesn't say it, maybe just listen. Just make sure. Because it's very difficult to keep up your own steam. We have to fight and keep on fighting for alone time with God. This is so important. This is another thing that I got from Church Planning Conference this weekend. You have to fight and keep on fighting for your alone time with God. Your family is not going to do it. Your boss is not going to do it. Your lecturer is not going to do it. You have to put that time aside. You have to. It says Jesus got up early before the sunrise and he went up to a mountain to pray. Jesus went up afterwards and he went up to a mountain to pray. It is so important. Jesus says, I only do what I see my father do and I only say what I hear him say. Where did he see it? Where did he hear it? How did he pick 12? Who did he know? How did he know who to pick? It was all about that intimacy with God. Now, I have to, with the rest, also just quickly speak about Sabbath. Okay? So, Sabbath, so typical, humanity. Exodus 16, 29. See, for that the Lord have given you the Sabbath. Therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide you every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So it says that the Lord gave you the Sabbath. Okay? It's a gift. If I give you something, Lucas, it's a gift. Lord gave us the Sabbath. Now, let's go to Matthew 12. So we know the Sabbath comes from Genesis. Now we're looking at Exodus, Matthew 12, 8. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. You see, you can idolize the Sabbath, or you can worship the Lord of the Sabbath. What is true Christianity and what's religion? 
What is idolatry? Mark 2, 27. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift for us. And what did religion do? It made it a work. It is a gift. Enjoy it. The word says, six days shall a man work and do everything that he should. And on the seventh day he will rest. It's an invitation. It's a good principle. It's like when you get a new car and you open the, the booklet. There's a suggested service intervals. Okay? If you don't adhere to that, what happens? You lose your second-hand value. Why? Because you're working on the, you, you, you're stealing, if you will, the longevity of the vehicle. Now let me say that. Let's extrapolate that quickly. If you're not resting, you are stealing the longevity of the vehicle of God. You're a carrier of the good news, a carrier of peace, a carrier of the Holy Spirit. You're a vessel of holiness. You've got places to go, things to see, messages to preach, lives to impact, healings to manifest. But we don't rest. Because we think we're too important. Let's be honest. Well, it's a gift. Again, like there's no condemnation. That's not, that's not what I'm bringing across. If you don't know me by now, it's an invitation. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is rest. It's a gift, not a work. It speaks of our human nature and the fact that we want to earn everything that we really do struggle to receive. They didn't not eat on the Sabbath day. There was double portion. There was a double portion. You want a double portion? Let's start a prophetic service, go for a double portion. And then I say, okay, sit down and rest. No, that's not what I wanted, Peter. That's what God wanted. <laughs> he gave you a Sabbath day. It's an invitation. You don't have to take it. You're not going to go to hell for not resting. Okay. Don't go walk on the beach on the Sunday. Like Sunday isn't the Sabbath day, so you're really missing it. It's like don't go to bed. Uh, what's that one? Um, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Oh, we can't go sleep. We're still angry. No, well, the sun is down a long time ago, buddy. Go to bed, get up tomorrow morning, you'll feel better and you'll talk it out much sooner. That's my number one marriage advice. Don't leave it. Talk through it, but tomorrow morning, sort of what you try to fit into three hours will go into three minutes. Then it goes on and it says, The Lord, therefore, the Son of Man, is also Lord of the Sabbath. Receive the Lord and receive His rest. Again, Jesus as our example, Mark 6, 30. Then the apostles gathered unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place, to a lonely place, and rest a while. Rest a while. Jesus invites them to rest. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. There's so many key words there. Deserted place, alone time, by themselves. Obviously, with Jesus. They, they went with Jesus, okay? So, where you go rest, go rest with Jesus. But putting up something on YouTube or just watching a next, it's not necessarily rest. 
Because I don't know about you, but you're often busy with other things. You need quiet. You need alone time. You need to be by yourself. Go find that place. Go find waters of rest. Go find this. There's a reason you go onto Apple Music or whatever and you look for restful music. You get streams or rivers or waterfalls or oceans. Where, do, where, where does that come from? It comes from God. He created us in that way. So they departed and rested. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, the Amplified Classic says, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Peter, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to rest. Like I'm on this wheel and like I'm on caffeine and I'm on adrenaline and like I'm on all these things and I just don't know how to stop. I don't, the only thing you have to do is come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. Just come sit at His feet. Just give Him time. Give Him an opportunity to put your heart and your mind to rest. Give Him an opportunity to hear, to speak a word of comfort, to love on you. You don't need to have seven steps. You don't need to have it all figured out. You don't need to have the perfect routine. Some days, some weeks, I have a half a day rest here and a half a day there. I don't always get to a full Sabbath because life happens, I know. But it's not so much about it. It's a gift. It's an invitation. You can have a day on the couch and not be resting at all. You can have a day busy running around with Jesus all the way. And He will give you rest. He will refresh you. Praying in tongues, it's a, it's a refreshing. It's a building up. It's a pulling from those, those wells of water. I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. We're missing out. We're missing out. Yes, it's about eternity. Yes, it's about grace. Yes, it's about supernatural things. But supernatural flows through a natural vessel. And Jesus came to give us supernatural rest, supernatural comfort. But He also says, hey, come away. Let's eat. Let's rest. A good shepherd feeds, yes. My job is to feed you well. Feed you with the word. My job is also to say, hey, I think it's time you rest a bit. When last did you have a moment away? When last did you put your phone off? When last did you switch your alerts off? When last did you just have time with your family? When last did you have alone time with Jesus? Because I promise you it's from that place that, that we bubble, that stirs up, that, we, that we're refreshed. It's very difficult to refresh others when you yourself is not refreshed. It's very difficult to be the encourager when you yourself is not encouraged. It's very difficult to, to love. We looked at the scripture last week. Come and be comforted. The God of all comfort wants to comfort you. And then it says, so that. I think it's 2 Corinthians 4. So that you will be able to comfort others also. Can we put comfort and rest? Can we just link it for a moment? It's so important that we rest so that we can invite others into the supernatural rest of God. It's so important that we refresh, that we come with Jesus so that we have something to give. So that there's an overflow. So that we don't just lie and stop blue daddy clip it. Like, you need to be a good ambassador. Oh, 
I mean, just think about it. Your red eyes, you always like angry and this and that. And now, yeah, but come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. It's awesome. (laughs) And you're angry and you're like, buddy, I don't know if I want your Jesus. (laughs) Hey, man, come to Jesus. Yo, but you're so busy. It's not about that. That's That's a swear word, actually. Busy. How's it going? Busy. And I know I use it. But it's sort of, we don't know really where, what else to say. Like, we should be busy, but are you busy with the right thing? Are you busy resting? You can be busy and not busy resting, or you can be busy and resting. Amen? Let's look at verse 29, and we're coming to a close. It says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. Now, it's often a lack of humility that causes a lack of rest. Because we look on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter, and we want to be like the Elon Musks of the world, or the Joseph Princes of the world, or the whatever of the world. And then we, we rise, hustle, and grind. It's, it's, it's this momentous thing that is like inviting us. And I love momentum. Momentum is, I believe, a force of God. Like in business, in ministry, in relationships. But unfortunately, there's a negative side to it as well. Like it's very difficult to stop when you've got in a lot of momentum. What does your week look like? What does your month look like? I'm, I sort of know what my week looks like, but I've realized I need to, to have a month view because sometimes there's month end. Who knows that? <laughs> and you don't, if you have every week the same, that week that's month end, you just have more to put in that same week. It's unwise. So plan around that. Plan according to, to God's ways. Take my yoke upon me, for I am gentle, meek, humble, lowly in heart. If we gentle, meek, humble, and lowly in heart, we're not going to say yes to everything. We're not going to sign up for every e-course. We're not going to try and read every book that's out there. We're going to spend time with Jesus. Amen? God gives what? Grace to whom? The humble, the meek. And at the right time, He will lift you up. We have a business ministry called Grace Life Business Leaders. And I'm so, like, almost just, I'm just meditating on so much. That's why there's not a lot of coming out currently. But I'm sure, like, as soon as I feel the release, James 3 speaks about the wisdom from above. Speaks about another type of wisdom that's from devils. The books that you read, is it the wisdom of the world or the wisdom of God? Because we are having to keep on reading the wisdom of the world because it's ever-evolving, ever-changing. Or we can just tap into the wisdom from above And I'm not saying don't read books. I like books. I like business. I like things like that. But one idea from God can change your whole business, can change your whole career. And it will often go against everything that the wisdom of this world teaches. I can give you countless examples. Friday morning at Ironman, I shared a few. Submit. You raised up this guy, Peter. I felt God say, go work for him. Five years younger than me. I raised him up. I said, I'll humble myself. They couldn't make a decision on, on how to go again. I said, I'll leave. Like, you don't want to say it, I'll leave. God called me to give up things. Guess what? He left. And they phoned me, hey, Peter, I hope you don't have any plans on leaving. Why? No, we need you. Well, you can't own me, but you can need me. <laughs> don't let your job own you. You belong to Christ. 
It's different that they need you because then you're in control. You bless, you serve, you give, but don't let them own you. You're a slave only to two things, to righteousness and to Christ. You're not a slave to anyone else. You're not a slave to this world. You're not a slave to money. It's called mammon. Yes, we need those things, but we, our Father knows that we need all these things. Again, I get up and go to work, not Jordan. He's the son in the house. I'm not saying don't work. He doesn't work, doesn't eat. Amen? Said no one ever except Jesus. <laughs> but there's a place to let God be the provider through your work. In your work. And let's see work not just as a place for provision. Let's see work as a place where we take this vehicle. Where we take holiness. Where we take light. Where we take grace. Where we take Jesus. Where we take comfort, love, peace. Where we minister to others. When we speak the truth in love. Where we reach out. Yes, we want to be a station of participation. But guess what? I want you to come back and share your testimonies of what happened in the week. I Honestly, I'm happy not to even speak. And just have a Sunday of testimonies. I'm like, I don't have an ego to speak. But that, just think about a Sunday where we say, hey, any testimonies? And there's a queue out this door. We had this the other day. I think it was someone who gave this word. They said, where they see people who was raised from the dead. Say, hey, this week I prayed for this person and he was raised from the dead. Oh, here he comes. Walks into church with us. We want to wait for people to die. Guess what? There's a lot of spiritually dead out there. And they are tired. They are more tired than you are. The word says in Peter that be ready with an answer when they ask you for the hope that is in you. I don't know about you, but if I do logical math, then if I'm rested, the hope in me is going to be more visible. And if everyone is tired and worn out and burned out on religion or on this world system or on serving mammon or in building their career and I'm well rested with Christ, then I'm going to stand out. And guess what? Just maybe someone's going to ask me, hey, you're a little different. Let's go for coffee. Let's have time to go for coffee, to invite people into our homes, to share what we have to share Jesus, to share the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Sabbath was made. It's an invitation to rest. It's not an obligation. It's a good idea. It's a God idea. But you can make it a work and miss out. Now we know Jesus has become our Sabbath rest. But we still have a spirit living in a human body. So what is true rest? True rest is spiritual. It's supernatural. It's the life of Christ. Flowing in you, flowing through you. But secondly, it has to manifest somewhere on your face. How do you sleep at night? If you know eternity is right. Eternity, my eternity is not at stake. My eternity is secure. Mark 4 speaks about the cares and the worries of this world. Write them down if you want to. But say, hey, <laughs> I'm leaving you in this world. You're not going to where I'm going. No lack, no, 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 no fear, no worry is going to where I'm going. Because I'm going to be with Jesus for all eternity. 
lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is what's motivating this drive for hustle and grind where we live for so much more. Please stand with me as we close the service. You can close your eyes. Use your imagination for a moment. Think about what is stealing your peace, what is stealing your rest, what is stealing your comfort. Think for a moment about the weights you're carrying, things that's slowing you down, the key, things that's keeping you up at night, the aches in your heart. Maybe you just... Maybe it's just relationships or lack thereof. Maybe it's not so much about work, but it's about people. Maybe it's about finances. Maybe it's about sin. Maybe it's about that you're not so sure about your eternity. That is you. Just right now, I invite you to receive this. To receive this payment from Jesus. To receive Him. His life. My life I came to give, not as the world gives. My peace I came to give, not as the world gives. My love I came to give, not as the world gives. My comfort, my rest. So where you are, you say, hey, Father, maybe I've never called you Father. But I want this. No, I need this. I've got to have this. Therefore, I just, I give over. And I receive. I receive Jesus. I receive the payment for my sins. I receive life eternal. I receive Him as Lord. I receive all that you've given. Because if you've given Jesus your best, won't you freely with Him also give us all things? You just pray that for the first time. You have entered into eternal rest. Christ has become unto you the Sabbath. Maybe you prayed parts of that prayer with me because you're holding on to things tightly. You're holding on to a job or you're trying to hold on to a business or a relationship that's not really working. I want to read for you just a few verses from Isaiah 40. Let the Holy Spirit just minister to you. It says, Don't you know? Haven't you been listening? Yahweh is the only, one and only everlasting God. The creator of all you can see and imagine. He never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. I don't know about you, but if, if we have access to that, what are we worried about? Why are we trying to come up with all the plans if we can merely trust Him? His intelligence is unlimited. Now ask yourself, are you tapping into His rest, His peace, His love, His comfort and His wisdom? Verse 29 says, He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. 
Even young people faint and get exhausted. Athletic ones may stumble and fall. But those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. I really believe that's a prophetic invitation right now. Maybe you're here this morning and you've really considered giving up. I want you to know that God never asked you to do this by yourself. Whatever fears you're facing, whatever loneliness you're experiencing, whatever tiredness you have. Maybe you've, you've chosen a career path and it's just not what you thought it would be. Maybe you look at your past and you're like, Lord, if we could just start over. You can. Today. You can step into His rest. You, you can step into all that He's got for you. For God wants to be your shepherd. He doesn't want you to need a thing. He wants to bed you down in lush meadows. He wants to find and make you sit down by quiet pools of still waters to drink from. True to His word, He wants you to catch a breath. And He wants to send you in the right direction. Maybe a fresh direction. Maybe a new direction. Let's make sure it's His direction. Just take a moment and just between you and God, just, just tap into that Sabbath rest. Be diligent. Be refreshed. Be at peace this morning. Psalm 2 is an amazing psalm, and even more so for our time, where it speaks about how the, the powers of the world meet together to create plans against God and His, His people. Nothing new. Psalm 2. And it says, But he who sits in the heavens laughs. What can man do to you? He who did not even spare his own son, will he not freely with him also give you all things? Maybe it's time we put down what we want. And we just check with God, what does he want for us? Because that is where true refreshing, true life, true peace is because it's birthed in true love. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're the comforter, the helper, the guide, our friend. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full on his wonderful grace. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the eyes of His glory and grace. I know the stuff out there. I know it's hurting. 
I know it's lonely. I know you get fed up. I know that you don't know which direction to go anymore. But I also know that He does. I know that He's ministering, that He's loving, that He's caring. I know that our God is for you and not against you. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.